Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. People need to find their secret sauce for what they do to position themselves differently than what they have, but also to elevate their brand. That is one of the strongest ways anybody can elevate themselves above their peers is create your own secret sauce process and really brand it. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Glenn. It's great to have you here today. It's an honor to be on here. We have been trying to organize this interview for, we were just discussing off air, probably about eight or nine months. So it's really great that we finally made it happen, which is exciting. Why don't we jump in? What we're going to talk about today is how to stand out in a noisy market. This is such a topic that really applies to anyone that's in business. But before we dive in, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got here to be doing what you do today? Sure. I started out not in marketing, but actually I'm a marketing consultant and coach for course creators and other coaches. I help Emmy award-winning you know, musicians, luxury photographers, best-selling authors, people like that, mostly creatives, build their online business. And I started out as a music teacher. I was working full-time in a eight by 10 room saying the same things over and over. I was overbooked and I was doing well with my students. I had great retention, but I got tired of saying the same thing a lot. And I realized I could record or create maybe YouTube videos or something like that. So I could get out of this eight by 10 room and start to scale it and not have to pay you know, rent to a store. And get this information out to the masses. And when I first did it, I started a YouTube channel called I Am An Orchestra, created all these videos. I took months, I animated things. It was very intense. It was a lot of work. I created my first funnel to a $7 ebook on lyric writing for songwriters. And it did terribly. I think I made 70 bucks. Huge. But what was great about it... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It took me six months to write this thing. But what's great about it is you kind of don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, my ambition to get this thing done taught me a lot about how to create content, how to create email automation, how to get people into some kind of an email sequence. And, you know, basically things that weren't very well known, they are, you know, becoming much more part of the zeitgeist now. But this was 2000, I would say 2007, 2008. So you couldn't just buy a course on how to create a course. And so I was trying to figure this out on my own. And in doing so, even though that was a flop, what I learned from it allowed me to get work as a freelancer and start doing all kinds of things for people, setting up their YouTube and 
doing SEO, helping them create courses and video tutorials and content. And I just kept investing back into my education and buying more and more courses on marketing. And then I got my marketing degree, which taught me, you know, nothing about marketing because <laughs> it's nothing I learned in college is relevant in the real world of marketing. But yeah, from my passion for songwriting and music, I found that I've gotten the same joy and creativity, like creative fulfillments out of creating, you know, marketing campaigns and rewriting people's copy and designing landing pages and things like that. And so it led me into eventually becoming a full-time consultant. I think it's really important before we move on to really, I guess, take notice that none of us start off where we end up. And I think so many people, you know, I come from a dance background. So I was a dance teacher for 20 years. So I get that saying the same thing over and over and over what felt like thousands of times a week. And it was funny in an episode just the other day, I actually said something that I used to say in my dance classes every week. And someone that had known me from dancing 10 years ago went, I can't believe you remember that. I'm like, well, in you know, 30 years of dancing, I think I probably said it like 20,000 times. It's ingrained in my memory. But, you know, we don't walk away from these careers that look like they don't have an overlap. What we do is bring that, you know, different aspects of what we do into what we're doing now. And I think that's really important to note is that even though you're not teaching music now, there's probably a whole lot of things that you learned and also that got you here because of that, that you're bringing it into what you do. And I like to say that because I know that a lot of the people that listen to this show, you know, they start their business and think, oh, I'm starting from scratch, but they're not exactly as you were just saying then. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. So we're going to talk about how to stand out in a noisy niche. Now, you probably say niche, I say niche. Let's pretend that we're using the same word. We're both talking about the same thing. So as coaches, course creators, experts, you know, the internet is very saturated right now. We need to be able to stand out. Everyone's online because of the pandemic. There was a lot, we were saturated before the pandemic. Now we're really saturated what can we start to do to really stand out? I think one of the first things, and it's, this is the place where it shows up the most, is when you start getting online or you start going out to some platform, you start comparing yourself and you start thinking, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. Everybody is doing this. But really what we do is not that is not, not that ubiquitous, right? You tell your friends what you do and your friends look at you like, I don't know what it is you do. So Yes, there's a lot of competition and it may seem saturated, but part of that is just cognitive bias. It's like what you're surrounding yourself with, who you're following, what the algorithm is pushing back at you based on your activity and what you like. So the first thing I would say there is a really simple thing. Start to mute some voices. I had to do this. I got severe comparisonitis for a while. I'm thinking, you know, there's young people who are coming into the fray and they're just killing it. And I've got, you know a lot more experience and a lot more time under my belt than them. And I'm starting to feel like, how come I don't have this going on? And 
So what I just started doing was just started muting different people or unfollowing different people so that I wasn't constantly having to compare myself. But the other thing is people often, they start looking at, oh my gosh, I hear this from clients. I wish I had the sense of humor that so-and-so has, or I wish I could write copy in that clever, cheeky way that she does. Or, you know, I wish I had, you know, her cool vibe and background and brand where, you know, she's on vacation in front of these posh hotels and an infinity pool, all these kinds of things. And my advice to that is look at the ways in which you're not that thing, identify it and just double down on it and make that why you're unique. And that's how you can stand out rather than trying so hard to be that version of somebody else. You know, you can aspire to, you know, follow somebody's success and, you know, that sort of thing. But really, I mean, it's almost cliche, but there is a lot to be said for being yourself because you'll really attract the people that you really want to work with that way. I love this so much, like just so much, because one of the things I hear all the time is everybody's a coach. And I've done the, I've done the research there. Coaching is such a, like we, it might be a really fast growing niche or industry, but in the scheme of the world, it is so tiny. You ask most corporates, what a coach is. They're like, well, I don't know. Do they, do they coach basketball, football? Like they have no idea that this industry even exists. Right. But because we've got this algorithm that's pushing all this stuff to us, we think we're led to believe that you know, everyone knows what it is. And I love that you mentioned, you know, pausing some people or, or really making some people quiet. I did this a few years ago when I realized this for myself and it's just unfollow all of those big people and you'll get all these different people showing up in your social media feeds. And it's just so important because it is very easy to get caught down that comparisonitis route. You know, most new coaches that come in, you know, they say things like, oh, I just want to be like, Marie Folio, I want that set. But, you know, she's taken, like be something else. And I was having this conversation and you've probably got a similar story to share, but I was having a conversation with someone the other day in that I was saying that I went away a couple of weeks ago and she's like, cool, you should, you know, post some, I was telling her about the trip. I, you know, I went somewhere warmer because it's winter here in Australia and I'd gone somewhere warmer. She's like, how come you didn't post any pictures on social media? And I said, because... I managed to sneak away. My clients didn't know I'd gone. No one knew I was gone. My team totally held the fort. I did not open my phone once. I didn't go on social media. I didn't take photos because I wore no makeup. My hair was in a messy bun. It was the most slothy, wonderful week of doing nothing. And she said, do you know how inspiring that is, that you can walk away from your week and no one knows? She said, I find that way more inspiring than seeing people standing in front of an infinity pool and knowing that they're there, but they're working all day, every day. And that really made me sort of stop in my tracks and go, wow. So the thing that I'd kind of tried to keep silent, she was saying, that's the thing that's most inspiring to me. I want to be able to walk away from my business for a week and have no one know and have nothing happen. So what is it that you have seen or some with yourself or case studies with other people where they have gone against the grain and done something that's really different that has them standing out? Well, I think a really good example of that comes in with, I mean, you look at somebody like Jenna Kutcher, she's a great inspiring example. She was a blogger who, you know, had this sort of, I don't know, almost could be embarrassing situation where people were fat shaming her, right? And she just turned it around and made, you know, lemons into lemonade and really built 
a new empire off of that by really doubling down and being who she is, being comfortable in her skin and attracting other women in that kind of way. And I think that's a really great shining example of, of exactly how you do that rather than saying, oh, I wish I was fit like this woman. And that's why she's got all these followers or something like that. She has done it so well. I like massive kudos to Jenna Kutcher for what she went through and how she turned around that specific fat shaming episode. That is the perfect example of someone that did turn it around and is super inspiring and now is so successful. She's got a huge following from that. Absolutely. Yeah. It just really blew up for her. Totally. So once we're standing out and we're like leaning into these parts of us, that's different. Now, how do we actually get the rubber to hit the road? It's like, okay, we've, I guess, acknowledged what's different about us. What are some of the ways that we can now use this to grow our audience? Well, the first thing that I really recommend and work with people on is now that you've got what's unique about you and you're highlighting that, you also want to really figure out what is your secret sauce? And I go about that in a very different way than most people do. If you think about, you know, like if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey in the financial world, he's, you know, he's a financial, he's got Financial Peace University and he's got the seven steps to becoming debt-free and things like that. Versus you have uh, Susie Orman. She, I don't know what her systems are, but they're a very different thing. Or you look at the difference between, I don't know if you have this in Australia, but here in the States, we have two major fitness gyms, which are Gold's Gym, which brings up this image of like these hulking behemoths, just lifting weight. And then we have Planet Fitness, which is they have uh, like Tuesday donut days and like pizza Wednesday. So you know that the guy who goes to Gold's Gym is never going to set foot at Planet Fitness and Planet Fitness person would never feel comfortable setting foot at Gold's Gym. And so they've done their positioning really well. And that's part of their secret sauce. Like Planet Fitness having these like these food things really, it just makes it very comfortable and like, we're not intense about this, right? Yep. Well, people need to find their secret sauce for what they do to position themselves differently than what they have, but also to elevate their brand. I mentioned, you know, Dave Ramsey having the seven such and such. There's a guy named Hal Elrod. He's got this method. It's called the Savers Method. It's a morning, you know, your morning success habits. The miracle morning. Miracle morning, right? Yeah, the miracle morning. Yep. That's not new information. That's not even revolutionary information. What he did was he simply codified it into a clever secret sauce acronym. And it's his system. It's his process. It's his blueprint, whatever you want to call it. And so I often work with people to figure out, okay, you know, tell me the, the in the weed steps of what you do, how you get the results. And then let's back it out. Let's look a little higher and let's lump those into things. And let's look at what's the real progression of milestone one, two, three, up to five of them. And let's come up with the process of the name. And I'll give you an example of this. So one of my clients, Michelle, she was on tour with Elvis Costello, who's one of my favorite songwriters. Yeah. yeah. And then COVID hit and, you know, she's, you know, the career's grounded, right? Yeah. And so we have a mutual friend who said, Hey, you should create a course sharing your knowledge. You know, you're a world run, you know, world touring sound engineer. You run sound for like, she's run sound for Janet Jackson. Wow. Gwen Stefani, just some major artists over the years. But the problem was, you know, she was trying to sell it to people who also were struggling with their careers because there's no live entertainment. So we switched it over to songwriters who could license their music for film, TV, and radio, because that actually picked up during the pandemic. Okay. 
So when I was trying to figure out this process and, and, you know, sound engineering is very technical. It's got words like, you know, high pass shelter and, you know, low cut this and that and parabolic EQ and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, walk me through, what is it you're actually doing? And luckily I do have, I have a background in sound engineering, so I understood it, but I need to make sure people also got it like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, we have to, you know, hear the music and hear the frequencies that are coming out and then learn how to identify them out of thin air. And when you've identified them, then you know what to do with them so that you can make your music sound the way it should when it's like a professional recording on the radio or a hit song. And I was like, okay, so you're going to hear it. You're going to figure out what those are and then you can manipulate them. And I just quickly thought like here, identify, tweak, H-I-T, hit music. Okay, got it. Your system is you're going to hear it, identify it, tweak it. It's the hit production process. And now she has a really simple secret sauce. This is her method. Other people teach how to make professional sounding recordings through their systems, but they don't have the hit production process, right? Only she has that. So rather than just saying, I'm going to teach you sound engineering, which is like down here, just a real low ticket offer. She now has this high ticket, you know, well-branded thing that has this real pizzazz about it, this sparkle. And that is one of the strongest ways anybody can elevate themselves above their peers is create your own secret sauce process. Absolutely. And really brand it, you know, give it a cool name. Yeah. Because Michelle is the only person in the world that has the hit process. Hal Elrod is the only one that has savers. Exactly. Like you say, everyone else, there's a lot of other people that do that, but not in their specific way. I love this so much. So you're talking about the secret source. This is definitely elevates you. Totally agree. Let's sort of segue here into lead magnets because this is how, and I've spoken about this on a few episodes recently, that we need to really make sure that we're standing out now. People are not going to be willing to hand over their email address anymore just for a really low value PDF. You know, back in 2000, it it was a little bit exciting to get a ding on your email to say, you know, you've got mail. Not so much anymore. Our inboxes are full. So we're a lot more wary and selective around what we, you know, select to hand over an email address for. So what can you tell us about using this secret source to be able to now attract leads? Well, that's, I've come up with my own secret sauce for email marketing with lead magnets that I call the golden lead magnet. And I'll give you a little context for how I came up with the idea. So I was trying to figure out how to use Instagram and I knew part of the way of growing your audience organically was how you found and used hashtags strategically. And so I didn't really know how to do it. I started seeking out other thought leaders on the topic. And of course they would have their lead magnets to learn about this. So what would happen is I would go and land on these different landing pages, sign up, get the PDF in the first email, read through it. Maybe it had a picture of them, maybe it didn't and kind of go about my day and not really take action. I might've learned something. And then what happened was over the course of, you know, a week or two, you would get a few more emails. Did you, you know, it will say something like, did you read it? You know, and then it'd be, you know, let's get to know each other. Let's, you know, follow me here. Here's something about me, 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 me. I think was, I couldn't distinguish one thought leader from another. Mm-hmm. And I soon get, got numb to it and just unsubscribed. Also, a lot of them had offers that just didn't even align with the hashtag thing. It was just something completely different. And so there was one person who stood out 
that she didn't do this. She actually had a video that taught you the method and walked you through it and showed you how to do it. And I got to see her brilliance. I got to see her expertise. And then I got, this is the key thing. She gave me a next level problem or what I call a good to have problem. I solved the problem of finding my hashtags, but now I, I was left thinking, well, now what? What do I do next? How do I use them? And so she had an immediate offer that was directly related. It was perfectly aligned. And it was the, here's what to do now. Here's how you grow your business on Instagram. Now that you have your hashtags, you want to know what to do with them. And there's more to it than this. And I immediately bought that course. And it got me thinking about like how it created this reinforced connection instantly and how also it was video. And so it was a perfect translation into a video course, which a lot of people have. And that's when the light bulb went on and I thought I have to start creating light lead magnets this way. And also some of my clients had been doing something like this leading up to the launches. And those were the best launches that we were having were the people who had some kind of video lead up. And it just makes sense. If you're a coach, people want to, you know, need to get a taste of your style, your expertise, see your face. Why use a PDF? I just feel like audio or video because it's the method in which they're going to interact with you anyway. So you might as well start it early. So the golden lead magnet method is essentially this criteria of picking a topic that is perfectly aligned with what you're going to sell, you, whether it's your coaching service or some kind of course, you can extrapolate something from it. And then one of the keys where I changed it a little bit from what that woman had done is you reinforce the connection and the goodwill by giving people a reason to continually engage rather than that one-off, one-time, one-and-done thing. So there's day one, two, and three, you're getting pieces of it. And I also, if people want to get it all at once, they want to binge it, I just say, hey, reply to this email. That way you're actually boosting your sender score as an email marketer because people are replying. And engagement. You know who your hot lead is. When someone hits reply, you know that that's someone that's really interested in what you're doing. That gives you a massive insight like, okay, we'll keep the conversation up with this person. Absolutely. Love it. So that is... Basically the surface level of what the golden lead magnet is. Yeah. I just want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier because it was really good and you breezed over it very quickly. And that is understanding the question that people are asking. You were looking for hashtags. That wasn't the actual real problem. The real problem is you didn't have an Instagram strategy, but you were looking for hashtags. And I was chatting with a client about this yesterday and This is something that coaches can get caught up in. Oh, but, you know, there's this deep transformation and the problem's not the problem. And they, you know, they go to the core and I'm like, people aren't asking that question. It's how do I go to a networking event as an introvert and, you know, and speak to someone or or that, you know, we understand that there's a whole lot of things that are sitting underneath that, but people just, what are they actually searching for right at the beginning? You know, how do I choose my hashtags? How do I go to a networking event and speak to someone? What, you know, what's an opening line to speak to someone? Able to give us any more depth into how we're able to actually pull this piece out? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for actually saying that because I completely forgot one of the most important parts, which is looking at, okay, what is the most common thing that people are asking you? And it usually is a misconception about how to actually do the thing that they really want to do. It's typically the burning pain they have. It's what are they Googling 
What are they typing into the search? What kind of questions are you seeing pop up again and again in the communities you're in related to your topic at the very beginning level? And when you meet them there and you have a solution for them, you give them a quick win. Of course, you're building that goodwill, but you're also getting them pre-qualified for the next level. I like picking topics that also in doing this thing, make it so, oh, now they're ready to work with me. Because there's some things that you may not want as a coach or consultant to do. You're like, "Ah, that's too beginner level. I don't want to mess with that. But if you create something like this, where you kind of move them along the process so that they have it ready to go, well, then they're primed and they're ready. You're creating the bridge for them to say, well, just step onto the bridge. Here's this little thing, but now we've got the rest of this way to go. But I love that the the story you used around the Instagram, that is a perfect example. Nito, answer the first question, but then show them that's actually not the real question and there's a bigger problem at stake here. Absolutely. Love it. Okay, so we've got these. I love the idea of the golden lead magnet. We've talked about the choosing the topic, which makes your lead magnet more magnetic. I always have a bit of a joke about that, that, you know, lead magnets are meant to be magnetic and attract leads, but most people's don't. So, (laughs) oh, look at the face. (laughs) Hit a point there. They're like lead repellents. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, it can be very tricky for, gosh, I'm sure you've struggled with this just as much as anyone. I know I certainly have over the years. It's one thing to understand this, but still it's very difficult to read the label from inside the jar. It's very difficult for coaches to be able to see the simplicity in their own niche. So on that, how do you suggest people go about finding this? Apart from you mentioned doing some Google searches, is there any other way that you suggest people come work out what this idea is, this simple idea? I have in, uh, you know, because this gold lead magnet idea is actually a lead magnet that I offer free. It's a, it is exactly meta. It is what I'm telling you to do while I am doing it. And so you watch and everything I do is intentionally strategic. And I believe in the first video I mentioned that there are five criteria. Let me see if I can jog my memory here. <laughs> so it is picking that burning pain, that thing that people are either Googling to find or they are frequently asking you or is a common misconception about how they have been trying to go about their solution. And you, like you said, you have to show them that the question is actually not the right question to be asking. Here's what you should be doing. And that it's finding, okay, what is something that maybe you don't want to do? You know, what don't want to coach on, don't want to teach on, or something that you need to get them primed and ready. So you pre-qualify them. You make sure that the topic is something that is addressed in some kind of way in your final offer so that there's an exact correlation. Because I find more often than not that those things don't match up for a lot of people. And then be Actually, I want to go back to that because sometimes you see people just kind of pick, well, this area is related to my topic and this is related and this might be helpful. It's like, it's just because something might be helpful if it's not a direct fit for what, you know, what you're actually teaching and the services that you actually have, you might as well scrap it. I'll give an example of where I did this wrong before. Perfect. So when I first started one of my initial iterations of what I do, I thought I wanted to be a video coach because I did a lot of videography. And so I was going to help people do video marketing. And so I created a live stream success 
freebie and I created another one. It was like how to make better YouTube videos. And what was happening was I ran ads to this and I filled my email list with people who are videographers and people who had businesses that had nothing to do with the kind of work I did with online businesses is things like real estate agents and other people who needed to learn how to just make some content. And so the mistake there was offering something helpful, but it wasn't directly related to what I actually wanted to do, which was to help people launch online business or launch digital courses. So I guess my advice there isn't so much, you know, where do you find these things is just be careful what you don't include, you know, or, you know. So really what I'm hearing here is really reverse engineering from the program or the product that you're selling and work out exactly what it is that's going to leave the breadcrumbs, I guess, to lead people to the exactly where you want them to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why sometimes it could be something that's in your program, or it could be a sample of it. Some people use, you know, rather than this method, they might use, you know, three pieces of audio or something like that, or some kind of guided, it could be like a guided meditation that gets you through something like that. There's a lot of different vehicles to do it, but I think that the important thing is whatever the end product is, services, make sure that you include something from it and something in a modality that is similar rather than just the written word. Perfect. Awesome. And did I cut in there? Was there still another step in there? Or did I, I'm not sure if I cut you off as you were going through there. I can't recall. (laughs) I think that is the meat and potatoes of it. I haven't watched it in a little while, but. Yeah, I, those are the main, I think, ingredients for doing that. But that uh, the way you said that reverse engineering really is critical. Yeah. Well, I know that people can get access to this training so that if we have gone off a little bit and skipped it, that people can get access to this training. So where do they go to get the training that you were just talking about, the Golden League Magnet? It is on my site, theglenellenshow.com slash GLM, Golden Lead Magnet. Put that in the show notes, I imagine. Absolutely. It will be in the show notes because obviously people are not sitting, well, most people don't listen to their podcast when they're sitting in front of their computer. I know I listen to podcasts as I'm walking along. So yeah, you can go to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast to get the link to be able to sign up for the Golden Lead Magnet and also to be able to, uh, we'll also have all of the buttons there to connect with you in all the other places, Glenn. Excellent. It's been great to chat with you today. Really uncovered some gold in how people can stand out in this super, super noisy world. So thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and your value. Thank you so much for interviewing me. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.